the New York Artist Collective podcast. This next one's about. Hello and welcome to the New York Artist Collective podcast. This next one's about. This is the podcast where we interview an artist to discuss the creative songwriting process behind one of their songs. I am your host, Stephanie Manns, singer-songwriter and one of the New York Artist Collective producers. During lockdown, we have been taking the podcasts live on our Facebook page to find out how artists are dealing with the situation. And we've also been finding ways to help, giving tips about doing live stream gigs, how to maintain engagement with your fans and, of course, grow community online, and generally how to keep afloat during this challenging time. This episode recorded live on Facebook last week, and you can check out our Facebook page to watch this live. I interviewed Eve Blatt, a licensed psychotherapist who specializes in working with persons looking to explore, make meaning of, and integrate their life experiences. I asked Eve to talk to me about some coping mechanisms that will help you get through this crisis. Eve Blatt, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. My pleasure. Now, Eve, you are a psychotherapist. Um, let's see. So you, Eve Blatt, let me, do, let me do this properly. Eve Blatt is a licensed psychotherapist specializing in working with persons looking to explore, make meaning of, and integrate their life experiences. So I'm so grateful that you have agreed to um, join me on this podcast, uh, not least of all because you and I are friends and I, I wasn't sure if I was putting you in an awkward position um, to come on and talk about mental health. So thank you. Thank you. I'm just limiting my self-view so I can just focus on you. There we go. I, I like to just be the sole focus of someone's attention, as you know. So, Well, it is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, and we, where are we now? The 6th of May. So it's, it's been, you know, we're six days into it. And I, I feel, how do you feel? I mean, I, certainly this is probably the most different mental health awareness month that we've ever come across. Um, and just, you know, tell me a bit about what this has been like for you as a psychotherapist in terms of like some of your clients coming in. How, how has this been for you as a, as a psychotherapist and, and handling patients or clients? Um, and how has it been for you personally? I'm glad you asked it in that way, Steph, because I don't think I can answer that question professionally without including my personal experience. And um, a lot of us have on our various listservs, our therapist listservs have talked about that, you know, like we're, we're finding ourselves sharing a little bit more of our own experience um, collectively because it's obvious it's in the room and we're all going through it together. Um, you know, it's, it's not easy. You know, um, I often just say, how, you know, how I'm doing as good as I can be. It's hard and I, there, are there are levels of hardness and difficulty as we move, to, as we move through this. Um, I find that surprisingly, a lot of the clients that I've been working with have adapted quite well Okay. Quite well to this so far. Um, some common concerns that are coming up are mourning and grief, loss of routines and having to pivot really quickly to create a new one without any advance notice and preparation or practice. So it's really been quite a strenuous adjustment for many, including, including myself. Yeah. So... 
one thing that, so you and I sort of obviously talk and, and share a lot. And one, uh, there was an email this week that I shared with you from Esther Perel. And she did a wonderful series um, in April and it was, you know, a weekly series that she did on YouTube. And it was, you know, about relationships and intimacy and how to navigate all of that during this time. And I loved watching it. It was actually a highlight of my week. And, and, you know, it's whether or not you're in a relationship, it's still, you know, how to connect with people and how to manage, you know, I'm thinking about managing your anxiety within the context of what's going on. And there was an email that she sent around this week and it was talking about this sort of collective grief that we're all feeling. And when she was speaking about that and she was talking about grief and this, what that means, like what is, what is you know, what are we grieving? And we're grieving the life that we had and dealing with this sort of uncertainty of what's to come because we know that it won't be as it was. What were your thoughts when I shared that with you? Well, one was my intent to actually read it, which I still have to get. <laughs> Full disclosure, so that's what we have to admit our, our human flaws as well. But um, yeah, I mean, I think um, we did talk about like grief and mourning as something we would talk, we would discuss. And um, one thing that I think is worth talking about and giving attention to is that when someone's gone through a loss, we, I, you, all of us are forever changed by that. There's no going back to the times that were. There's really only going forward. And um, our, our goal and our challenge is finding a way of living that integrates that change into our daily routine. So we're taking perhaps fragmented parts of ourselves and trying to create like a new whole. And this new whole is, is different than, than it was before. And, and I think it's safe to say that having all gone through this loss, this loss of routine in life and way of being, we're all gonna be moving forward into a new way of being together. Um, and I think when I, spoke earlier about the different levels of mourning and grief throughout this. Like I've only recently realized that, that wow, this isn't going to end in a month or two. This is, this is going to be a while. This could be another year of this. And that is something that I've been sitting with. I'm now mourning the loss of my summer. I'm mourning the fact that I don't think I'm going to be able to go outside and go running without a face mask? Would I want to go running with a face mask? I don't know. And so as more information comes, we have to make new decisions to adapt to this new way of living. Yeah. And I think it's going to change every day, all the time. Um, in terms of the grief side of it, we, well, you know, when we talk about grief, there's the five stages of grief. How is that sort of manifesting for people when it's not a person? Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily go through those, all those stages because I think they're a bit prescribed. I think for me personally, I usually just focus on like what the person's feeling in the moment and mm -hmm. trying to connect to their, where they're at and what they're looking to, where they're looking to go with themselves. Um, so it really depends on like what your particular loss is. So you, you may talk about um, what's something you've lost in this, Steph. Come on. Gigs. Gigs. I'm not playing gigs anymore. You've I'm not going lost... to see any gigs. That, all of that. Yeah. And with that, 
right? And with that, there it's not just the gigs, right? It's so your your community, your community, perhaps connecting with the live human being, seeing their features and their reactions in person, not through a, some you know muddled screen. So um, I I would want to talk to you about like how can you replicate that with a screen in front of you? And mm -hmm. I don't think, and the reality is, and this is where the morning and grief comes in, it's not going to be the exact same thing. It's going to be something different. Yeah. And it's not necessarily, I mean, I can't say better, worse. It's just different. And how are you going to achieve that? And what do you need to do? What steps do you need to take in order to achieve that connection? Those gigs. Right. Um, and just to run down kind of a, a, you know, a laundry list of some of the things that, you know, we're experiencing collectively, you know, there's obviously anxiety, lack of sleep, weird dreams, social isolation, depression, low self-esteem. Um, for those who are working, many are burning out. Um, suicidal thoughts, domestic abuse, substance abuse, loneliness. Um, you know, it affects different socioeconomics, uh, socioeconomic, I can't say that, groups differently. Um, and this sort of collective grief. And, you know, in terms of, you know, for, for those of us who are going to say isolating in isolation for those of us who are alone in isolation um <laughs> you know uh jess mack just just messaged and said human touch how do we and I, I was thinking about this as i was you know i'm walking my dogs and i i have two dogs and i go for walks with them because i have to um but that like that is literally my own so the only social interaction i will get with other human beings and it's very sort of short and, and short-lived and whatnot and then i suddenly thought i've not hugged another human being in nearly two months. Like, what effect is that having on me? Will I be able to do it? I'm like, you know, like, I'm socially awkward as it is. Like, imagine me after two months just not having sort of had any human contact whatsoever. I think well, I might have... I will put myself out there and offer a trial run when this is... <laughs> okay? Thank you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's scary, right? But we're all in it together. If yeah. it's awkward and uncomfortable for you, you can you can assume it is for the other person as well. Um, one, I want to say I'm incredibly jealous that you have, you get to take your dogs for a walk, you know, because you, you know, that's a, that's a need. Um, and I think that finding a reason to be outside once in a while at minimum is something that's okay to do, giving us, giving us permission to, to give to get a little bit of human contact, even if it is walking to the store or walking a block, um, finding ways of con connecting. Um, I, I've been fortunate in that I've had the opportunity to volunteer literally one block away from where I live. And that's happened a handful of times. And that's been the extent of my socialization. Mm -hmm. That is it. And that's the most I've been around people. And I savor it. Yeah. Are we getting more questions? I love, I can see your eyes moving. So now I'm curious. And I'm this excited. is the most technical setup I have ever had. There are so many wires going on around me. Um, but I, so I have a, a screen where, um, so I'm watching the live screen so that people can, can message. Um, so if you are out there and you are watching, I am able to see what you're going to say. But Jess, Jess Mack said, I'll give you a squeeze, Steph. And I thought, oh, that's nice. So thank you very He's much. You're, you're, we're all waiting to have a hug party. Oh, yes. Don't know if that would freak me out or I'd really enjoy that. I'm not sure. Any at once. <laughs> <laughs> but so so let's get on to you know coping strategies. 
how how can we manage ourselves and our mental health to to because I think you know there's with with creative people I think we are feeling a lot of pressure from ourselves and from other people whom we're watching and connecting with on social media who are you know creating or learning new things or I think we feel a lot of pressure during this time to create something or to come out of it you know having learned something new and I think you know I personally feel that we need to step back and just say you know what it's okay to just get through this unscathed like we're not going to be unchanged but it's enough to get through this yeah and I think maybe you and I have talked about this and I've talked about it with some other people is that we are actually trying to survive you and I are sitting here we have survived so far and hopefully we'll continue to do that. But to think about our lives in terms of surviving is just wild, right? And, we, and, and there's the fact that every day I'm like, oh, I've survived another day. I haven't been sick. There, it's been this many days that I haven't gotten sick. So we have to give ourselves a break. You know, we're doing our best. We don't have to be the best, but we're doing our best to survive and take care of ourselves. And something to keep in mind with social media is the, the facade that can be created, you know, about how people are living and our own intention and our own inclination to assume things based on what we see in social media as well. And with that, it leads me to think about boundaries. I think boundaries are a big part of self-care in this and not just creating physical boundaries in our living space, but boundaries with people in social media, friends. Something that's come up for me is like the assumption that people think that I may be available all times of the day, but I may put my phone someplace far away from me. And you know this, we've talked about this. My phone might be someplace else and I'm in another part of my apartment focusing on something. Mm -hmm. So really trying to navigate how you can create those spaces for yourself on all different levels. Mm -hmm. Did I answer this question or did I get sidetracked? I may have. Again, it was a good sidetrack, I think. I think yeah. it was sort of slightly tangential. So I, was, I think we were sort of talking yeah. more about like strategies. So I think that was certainly one, like creating boundaries. We can, yeah, there's more. Um, and so I know the word, like when we were talking about this, the word, the emotion and the word anxiety has come up a lot. Mm, You're yep. talking about, and you were thinking about like, what should we call this? Anxiety, coping stress. I was like, well, there's a lot of emotions that, that come mm. up for people in this. Um, I think it's important for one to maybe try to connect intellectually with what's going on, but also emotionally and physically. Um, we tend to start feeling anxiety in our head from like a top-down standpoint. So we think about things a lot and our, our, our minds race, our thoughts race, and they usually race into, the, into catastrophe, the worst case scenario. So, so yeah, so that's catastrophizing and spiraling, right? Yes, yes. Check me out with my psychotherapist <laughs> knowledge. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I mean, what's really cool about, about not really cool, but I want to call it, I call it like some of the gifts that come out of this is there's so much free content. There's so much free resources. You know, I've, I've been trying to find um, guided med meditations so, so, that, so that I can reconnect to my body as a way of grounding myself back to planet Earth and bring myself back from <laughs> outer space and into my living room and into my work and into my feet and into my stomach and into my 
back, you know, and reconnecting with my breath. And so I'm a big fan of guided meditations because it's really hard for me to do it myself because my, my personal anxiety level starts like amping up. So I like to have someone um, talk me through it. And in doing that, I, I sort of isolate in my body and you'll see like right now I'm like kind of circling around, what is this? Like my esophageal area, we'll call it that. Um, you know, and that's where I tend to like focus my anxiety. So when I'm doing a meditation, my hand will, will rest on, on my heart and I will focus on moving my anxiety from my chest and down through my body and out through my feet. And these are things that we can do at home um, through YouTube. There's actually, um, if you go to headspace.com, they have some free 10 minute, are you writing it down? <laughs> I am writing a lot down. Actually. Actually writing it down. They actually have, and I did one free 10 minute meditations. Now there's actually, and I can share this with you. I found something else that is actually global free, free meditations for 30, 45 minutes. Um, and they, it was really kind of neat because I logged on and there were people from all over the world just saying hi. And I felt connected and it was really kind of neat. I can share that with you. Thank as you. Well. Yeah. We'll post that afterwards. Yeah. So how, what else, um, in, in terms of other coping strategies, how important do you think is uh, routine? So, you know, a lot of people have lost their routine, um, yeah. creating, potentially creating a new one or, you know, sticking with some of the, the old parts of your routine. Perhaps you, you know, get up at the same time or, you know, you maybe get a coffee from the same place or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I think coming back to the thought of like doing your best and not being the best mm -hmm. is really important, you know? So with that, you know, making some space, like being flexible with yourself, taking into consideration that, oh, I don't have an hour commute now. I can maybe get a little bit of extra sleep or have a more casual uh, coffee time or a longer walk with my dogs, <laughs> you know, like, and, and also, right, coming back to the thought of like, oh, right, I'm surviving here. This isn't this is, this is not pre-pandemic times. We are in pandemic times. So as much as you can create a new routine, I encourage that you do that. And it, maybe it means you're going to bed a little later, waking up a little later, but having some kind of routine, for example, like people are exercising in their homes now, you know, where they used to go to a gym. So you'll want to figure out perhaps a time every day and a space in your apartment no matter how small or how large it may be that you that you do that in mm -hmm. um and maybe you know we're cooking a lot more um is it easier to cook on a sunday and have food prepared for the week so you don't so you don't have to keep have cooking and re reinventing the wheel over and over again and what about you know as you said you, you know mentioned creating space within your apartment for different things um, and so that you associate different things. So potentially if you are working from home, you create a different space where you have dinner. And often for, for many of us, um, potentially our dining table is now our office. I know that's, that's what you're doing, right? Yes. <laughs> did I, I outed you? <laughs> you did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, where do I eat dinner? Cause if I like, there's nowhere I can eat dinner where the dogs won't try and eat it other than up here. So I, you know, I'm, I'm sort of still struggling with that aspect of it. I will work out in my apartment. There are a number of people who will go 
to the park and they like because you're allowed to kind of go out and get some of your, your exercise and do a workout in the park yeah. there are some spaces for that as long as it's not like group activity and things like that yeah. um but in terms of you know having different spaces or for instance you know talking to your therapist if you're doing that from home often a therapist would say well make you know try and have a different space to do this so that you kind of associate yeah a different space within you as well for that yeah i mean you know it's New York City, so most people don't have large spaces to do that. Yep. I, I, when this was all happening, I had a client I was working with. He and I were talking while he was going for a walk. Right. Now, you know, and that worked for him, and I wanted to support him in that. Was it hard to hear him and see him? Yeah. Um, but as much as you can do that, I would encourage it. Like, I, I tend to sit at my, I have a dining table, so that's where I tend to do my sessions. Um, and I try to just keep my sessions there. Um, when I participate in my own therapy, I sit someplace else. So, you know, and, and most people have at least, you know, a chair, a couple of chairs or, you know, even, even doing that. And it's hard. I think just like mm-hmm. taking a moment to say, this is really hard is important. You know, we, we, we forget, you know, cause we're all going through it. This is hard. Is it important also to kind of, as you as you mentioned, say this is hard? And part of that Esther Perel thing, when you do read it, she was talking about the importance of complaining, and that's kind of a that's therapeutic and cathartic in itself. Yeah, it's funny that you talk about that because I was just talking about. Um, it came up with a client today, and she was talking about not wanting to dump on people, you know, okay. because she was afraid about she was afraid that that would define the relationship if she was unloading too much and she wanted to have those relationships be preserved as fun and enjoyable so really finding the balance if you do have a therapist by all means make use of them and you know the more people you can stay in contact you can spread the love a little bit and do a little complaining with everybody (laughs) and in terms of some connections that you know we're having and we're tr- you know, trying to make sure that we are connected and we're having our Zooms with our families and we're having our like group Zooms and we're having Netflix parties. That was really fun last week, by the way. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, just sorry, if you're watching, um, I hosted a Netflix party for a new movie and I invited Eve, but it's, so it's, it's comp- there's no camera. You're sort of, it's very kind of old school in a way, but you're kind of connecting and you're, you have a chat box and you're, you're all watching yeah. the movie. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because, oh, am I interrupting you? Uh, I'll come back to it. Okay. My thought was that um, there's opportunities within us. With all this suffering and pain and loss, I try to remind myself every day is that there are gifts in this. And I think it can be really hard for people to embrace those gifts because those of us who are have survived that this far may be carrying a bit of survivor's guilt mm-hmm. you know those of us who are accessing food might yep. be feeling bad about that i certainly struggle with yep. that um and so it's okay to have connections it's okay to find new ways of connecting with people. When you invited me to that, I was like, oh, this is great. You know, at first I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. But then I was like, you know what? I tried something new. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's new ways of connecting and there are people that you may have lost touch with for eons that yep. you can reach out to because the barriers that are normally there, the thoughts that we have, like, oh, they were, you know, it's been five years, I haven't talked to them. Well, we're all in that situation together. And yep. so how you talk to yourself can influence 
how much you lean into relationships and making and creating a little bit of kindness and space and openness to taking those risks can reap some rewards. I enjoy doing the Netflix chat party. <laughs> do I want to do it all the time? Eh, you know, because yeah. I like talking during my movies. But but I did it. I can say I did it. And that's fun. And that was a like reward in and of itself. Yeah. Um, I had a thought and I kind of lost it there for a second. Um, perhaps it was about, oh God, this is awkward. I never blank on a, on a podcast. I interrupted you. We'll edit it out. It's fine. I think it, I was, I was more going to talk about, um, so when we are connecting with people, um, how we, change maybe the conversation because often it and just going back to that kind of do we feel like we're complaining all the time do we feel like we're always talking about the latest updates do we feel like we're always going when's when's the gym going to open or when's the hair salons going? like all of that stuff like how do we you know like sometimes do these different things as you say like for instance the netflix party to connect differently and still maintain connection still build connection um, create, you know, a community. Cause I, you know, that one I did was sort of quite a specific group. Um, but how do we do, you know, what are some of the, the ways that we can think of to converse with people without just going, Oh my gosh, this is killing me or what's happening, you know, with you? Like, cause I think the first thing that, we, you know, we do is if I'm, you know, if I'm talking to my family back home, I'll say, well, what's, what's going on in the UK? And I say, well, what's going on in New York? And it's sort of that comparison of, where you both are with it and you know then maybe chatting about the rest of your week which quite honestly isn't any different from six weeks ago yeah I mean I think it's okay to say and I I had to do that before to say hey let's you're doing okay I'm doing okay you know what are you watching on Netflix that's what I will do. I have actually shifted sometimes a little more abruptly than I would like. I'll just say, Hey, what are you watching? What's good? Mm -hmm. You know, I could use some recommendations just to light, lighten, lighten the air a little bit, because I think sometimes often actually when people are feeling anxious that they start dumping and they start talking a lot. And when we start sharing all the nitty gritty details that can actually heighten anxiety. Um, so, you know, unless you're working with a therapist, you can say, Hey, you know, let's park the details a little bit and connect more to your body. You know, like it's just not going to happen, but you could just say, Hey, what are you watching? All right. You know, like it's, this is really, this is really hard. This is really tough, but you know what? I could use a little levity. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay to be silly. It's okay to be goofy. Yeah. I, I certainly think that this period is changing the way that people think about mental health. Like if people sort of were coasting along before, we're now all in this collective thing together. And there were, I think the thing that I remember, I remember the thing that I forgot, which uh, was related to something you said, but it's about, for me, the way that I thought about mental health changed when somebody said to me, and it's that self-talk, that's what you say, I think you said self-talk. Mm. And it's, it is about that self-talk. And someone said, you know, if we thought about our mental health, the way that we think our physical health, with the way that we think about our physical health, we would treat it very differently. And in terms of the self-talk, would you, and, and I think the question, it's like my sort of cornerstone question is, would you talk to someone else that way? So the things that I'm saying to myself, would I say that to anyone else? And if it's, if the answer is no, cut it off, done. 
we tend to be kinder to others than we are to mm. ourselves. So yeah, that that's that's really that's easy, right? It's quick. It's two seconds long. Um, I was going to say I kept noticing that I was saying it's okay to do this. It's okay throughout this conversation. And I realized that was my internal self-talk reminding me that it's okay to be silly. It's okay to feel stressed. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel happy. And I realized as, as I, I was like, why do I keep saying it? it's okay? I'm telling you, but I'm actually telling myself. You're telling yourself. Um, just, so just, I just wanted to circle back to one thing, like, because we covered a couple of questions that I had, but there was one thing that um, uh, Eli Lev asked, and he said, you know, how is it okay? How do we, how, how, do, how can we be okay um, with not doing things? So this kind of change of pace, and I guess it comes back to the point of adapting. How do we adapt in this environment, and how do we deal with that sort of anxiety? Um, you know, I, th I know some folks, and I know unfortunately a lot of people have lost their jobs and so and those people have lost jobs don't have the same kind of purpose that they had before the structure and the purpose and then there are people that have to go to work at 9 a.m but doing it from home right and so um for those who are not working and have a lot of time on their hands this has actually come up with a client of mine you know figuring out different things that you can do cr to create purpose. Um, for example, there are online classes. If there is something that you've always wanted to do and you something you're curious or a way you wanted to build on a skill, now's the time to do it. Um, I'm, I was about to just give a plug. I have a client who's doing a class on Coursera. Um, but I, yeah, C-U-R-S-E-R-A. It's online. You could take a full day. I think they have a scheduled time over the week for an extended period of time. You pay for it, but it's a lot cheaper. I'm not sure I have to do it. I'm not sure what's, I don't think anything's free. Oh, they're all taught by Ivy League schools. So it's a way of accessing top-notch mm -hmm. um, educational persons, but yep. in your, you know, so, you know, trying to figure out like, is there, is there something, a skill you'd like to cultivate? Is there a hobby you're curious about? Um, just even doing something like drawing, journaling, mm -hmm. it's, it's an opportunity to be with yourself in a way that you maybe haven't been. And when we have that opportunity, some difficult emotions can often come up. And I will also encourage people that there are therapy resources out there and available. The state has a number that they offer and they've collected many therapists who are offering their time free of charge. And I would encourage people to make use of that. I actually have the number here if if you'd like me to share it. Yeah, thank you. Let's share it afterwards and we yeah. can put it, post it in the comments. I think we've got a couple of things to post in the comments. But as we wrap up, um, I just wanted to kind of, let's just, let's just summarize. So we were talking, so some of the things that we were talking about are boundaries, um, routine, meditation, um, being flexible with yourself and being kind to yourself. Yeah, and connection. And connection, indeed, um, in whatever form that we can find it. So Eve, to, as a final thought, I'm not sure where I want to go with this. Um, as a final thought, perhaps we can, I can have two final thoughts. Um, what is something that you are grateful for 
as a result of this whole thing? What have you, what are you taking away from this as a positive? And uh, what are you most looking forward to? Ooh. Um, I have to say that I'm, I'm most grateful for my friendships. Um, I feel really lucky that I have people that I can call. And You're welcome. I'm yeah. Kidding. Thank you, Seth. <laughs> it's just you. I'm grateful for you. And I then know. what am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to a freaking hug. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Amen. Let's, we'll, we'll, we'll schedule a socially awkward hug um, at yeah. the end of all this, my friend. How about you? Do we get to hear yours? Oh, goodness. I hadn't thought about that. Um, oh, uh, I am, do you know, I am genuinely grateful for this sort of time at home with my dogs and I know it sounds silly but like otherwise I'm sort of it's just me but I I think I've realized how different my life is with them um and they're just you know they're they're quite adorable and it's really nice to have seen them change having me here and they're you know at times they're complete assholes like Shorty as you know (laughs) is just a complete pain in the ass but you know I'm I've been very grateful to have them to get me out of the house to you know without the dogs I might not have had the small interactions with people and that's been something that has been sort of getting me through really um and something to look forward to a haircut um i think i mentioned that earlier no so um yeah i know i'm doing myself um yeah that you know human touch let's go with human touch how about that sounds like a good deal Eve, thank you so much for your time. Um, I found this really insightful, as I do all of our conversations, which is one of the reasons I asked you. So um, I'm very appreciative of you spending this time with me and sharing um, all of these strategies with people. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Steph, for having me. I'm sending you a virtual hug. It's it's awkward, isn't it? All right, my love. Well, I will see you soon. Thank you again and uh, all the best. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. Psychotherapist Eve Blatt. I hope you found that useful. And Eve was also kind enough to send me those resources that she was speaking about. And they are all in the episode details. Next week on the podcast, Aki Burmese from Lake Street Dive joins me for Cocktail Hour, where he promises to wear a bow tie and regale me with stories and songs, all while under the influence of a glass of scotch. I'm very much looking forward to that one. And don't forget, our podcast can, of course, now be watched in real time over on our Facebook page, Wednesday nights from 8pm Eastern. So follow our page and join our inner circle to find out all about our next guest. Stay safe out there. I'm Stephanie Manns. I'll see you next time. New York Artist Collective.